a sail away from what God wanted him to do. We're, we're not sure if he's there or if he's back in his hometown where, where the Lord first put the call on his life and said, look, I, I want you to go to Nineveh. I mean, we're not sure just what shore he's on, but we know he's back. He's back and he's got his feet on shore again. But, but think about this. We also know that Jonah is back. And he now carries with him something he didn't have before. He now is back on shore, but he's back on shore and he carries with him all of the experiences. He, he carries with him the, the, the anxiousness he had when, when the storm was throwing the ship about and, and the sailors were grabbing hold of him to, to throw him overboard. Uh, he, he carries with him that, that memory and that feeling of being being sucked under and grabbed by the seaweed and, and drawn below the water where he was drowning. And, and, and he remembers now and, and has to deal with the trauma and the experience of being confined and captured in the belly of a whale. And even though he's back on the shore, he now carries with him all the wounds and all the scars he now carries with him all of that experience of disobedience. And yet, while he stands there on the shore, he stands there with a second chance. He stands there with a second chance. That's what we're going to talk about today. Jonah, a second chance. And uh, the, the chapter we just finished ended with simply the, the statement that the Lord commanded the fish to, to vomit Jonah up onto the shore uh, and it did. And so here he stands now, and he, he's got his feet on that shore. I mean, and the second chance is right in front of him. That that second chance this time to to do what God wants him to do, or or run again. You know, my sense is that that's where we stand today as well. Each one of us that. That we stand on that shoreline, don't we, in some way? I mean, can, can you feel the sand on your feet this morning? Where God has just placed us in this room this morning and said, okay, let's do some inside work. Let's look at our lives and see what God has to say about the second chance that he offers. See, Jonah this morning is going to teach us so much. He's going to teach us so much, not only about ourselves, but about God. It comes right away. It comes right away in chapter 3. If you look at the first verse of, uh, of chapter 3, and if you, you got your Bibles open to Jonah, I hope, if you brought them. So if not, you know, just kind of scurry there to the back of the Old Testament and find uh, uh, the third chapter of Jonah, if you will. And right away we're going to discover that God's desire for Jonah and our future is greater than the failures we've had in the past. It, it comes right away in verse 1 of that third chapter. Did you find it? It says, Once again, the Lord told Jonah to go to the great city of Nineveh and preach his message of Duna, his message of doom. Would you say the first two words with me? Once again. that feel good? Once again. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Once again. You see, this tells us about the nature of who God is and what His attitude towards us is. Once again. God is a God who is more concerned with what you can do in the future than what failures you've had 
in the past. His desire and dreams for your life in the future is greater than his anger and his hatred for your disobedience in the past. I mean, imagine this moment. Here's Jonah, got his feet on the sand, covered with all the disobedience that's brought him to this moment. And instead God, of God coming to him and, and saying, Now, Jonah, you really messed up, man. I, I gave you the opportunity and, and you really messed it up. I'm really angry with you. I'm really frustrated with you. I'm really hurt. I'm really disturbed that you wouldn't listen to my word. I, I just don't know what to do with you. Anybody heard those words before? I mean, lots of parents would want to come to their children that way, wouldn't we? And then our Heavenly Father comes to Jonah, and he gives him just two words. Once again, let's do it again. Once again. This is that, that once again moment that tells us about the very nature of who God is. That God is that God who looks at each one of us this morning while we've got our feet on the sand and His attitude towards us is not about our failures in the past. It's not about all the hurts and the wounds and the things that we bring into the room this morning. It's about His knowledge and hope and dream for what we can become. And His desire for us to achieve His purpose is greater than His anger towards our failures. He comes to Jonah, and the text says, Once again, the Lord told Jonah to go to the great city of Nineveh and preach his message of doom. Have you, have you ever have you heard that before as you've read the book of Jonah? Have you heard that verse before? I mean, apart from the once again, don't you remember back in the very beginning, it said, And the word of the Lord came to Jonah, saying, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach a message of doom. It was way back in the very beginning, before Jonah ran. And God comes back to him now, and he gives him the same absolute, same message and the same call on his life. You know what this tells us? Not only is God's desire for our future greater than his disappointments in our failures of the past, but God's purpose for us doesn't change. That our failures don't change God's purpose for what He can accomplish in our life. I mean, He didn't come to Jonah while Jonah was standing on the shore and say, now, now Jonah, look, you really messed up before and, and I had great hopes for you. I mean, I had great possibilities for you, but Jonah, you weren't obedient. You didn't follow my word. You didn't live up to it. So we're going to have to pare it down a little bit. You know, I mean, we're going to have to draw it back a little bit. You weren't obedient, so we're going to have to just draw it back and resketch what the possibilities are here. No, he comes to Jonah, and he sees him standing on the shore, and he sees him with all the same possibilities that he saw him on the very first time when he put a call on his life. Isn't that awesome? How incredible is God? That even though Jonah could stand there with all the wounds and all the scars all that he carried in his disobedience. God could look at him and see him the same way he saw him on the very first time he put the call on his life. This is the way God sees us. This is the way God sees you at this very moment. You see, you sit this morning and you're like Jonah, aren't you? You carry the wounds. 
you carry the scars. Right now in your mind, you're running through those experiences in your life where you know you have failed God. You know you have been disobedient. And you know because you've done that, you've suffered consequences, just like Jonah. But today, can you feel the sand? Can you, can you, can you feel yourself standing on the shore and, and God whispering that same call into your life? Can you, can you sense God saying to you, look, I know what's happened in the past. I know the disobedience you've done, but I'm more concerned with what your future is going to be, and I know what, God can, what I can do through you. Just feel the sand. Here's the call. Here's what I want you to do. See, the truth is that not only is the call for Jonah the same, but the call is still there. God hasn't removed the call. He has not removed the call on your life. Whatever it is that God is placing into your life and the opportunity that He's saying, look, you, you are designed, you are gifted, you are made, you have the possibility, and I'm calling you into this. He hasn't removed it because of your disobedience. It doesn't change. He comes to Jonah and he gives, gives him the same call and the same purpose because the people of Nineveh still need to hear the word of the Lord. And Jonah gets a second chance and Jonah's call remains. And here's the thing that change, that changes. The next verse. What's it say? Let's say it together. Jonah obeyed the Lord and went to Nineveh. What changed? See, God didn't change, right? The call didn't change. What God saw in the possibilities of Jonah's life, that didn't change. What changed was Jonah's direction. Jonah's direction changed. Instead of running to Joppa and trying to get on a boat and run to Tarshish again, this time he was obedient to God and he got his life in sync with the direction that God wanted his life to go. And off he goes, 600 miles or so probably, headed off to Nineveh. That's the way it is. When we get our lives in sync with the purpose that God has for us. If you look at other people in the Bible, this is the way it always, it always is. You see, Jonah could have stood on the shore in that moment, heard the call of the Lord come once again, and he could have said to himself or argued with the Lord and said, Lord, look, I, you're expecting too much of me. Lord, Wait a minute, you already saw I messed up before. Lord, I don't understand how you can expect me to go to Nineveh and preach the word because, listen, I didn't live up to it before. I didn't have the courage to do it before. I didn't want to do it before. And now you're coming and at... You see how easy it is to try to argue our way out of the call? And yet God comes to Jonah and says, Jonah, change your heart, change your mind. It's time. It's time to go to Nineveh. You look at other people in the Bible. You can, you can go back to, to Moses, right? Moses. Moses. God puts the call on Moses' life, and Moses tries to talk him out of it, of course. But God doesn't change his mind and his attitude toward Moses. He still wants Moses to go to Egypt and free his people. David. David. David committed adultery. He committed murder. He had all kinds of failures in his life, and yet it didn't change God's call on his life to become an incredible king. 
you can look at others. How about uh, the Apostle Paul? The Apostle Paul, here he was. He was one who, who stood there and watched Stephen get murdered by stoning to death. He persecuted the church. And yet God didn't change his mind, didn't change his attitude toward Paul. And Paul becomes this incredible person for Christ. Look at Peter. Peter's the one who denied Christ three times openly in front of the world and Christ himself. And yet it didn't change God's mind about what Peter could do. I'm telling you. God hasn't changed his mind about you either. He hasn't changed his mind. And he hasn't changed his purpose. And it's for us to just get our lives to that place where we surrender and say, God, I don't understand it all, but I surrender and I'm going your way. I'm just going to surrender. And in that verse... I'm going to obey the Lord, and I'm going to go wherever it is He wants me to go. Jonah surrenders and obeys the Lord. And look what happens. When this happens, he surrenders. We learn the lesson that God doesn't not only doesn't change His mind about us, but God doesn't change His willingness to infuse us with His power. God doesn't only not only change, our, change His mind about us and His purpose for our lives, but He is willing to continue and infuse us with every strength that we need to accomplish that purpose. Look at the text. The city of Jonah, uh, the city was so big that it took three days just to walk through it. And after walking for a day to day, Jonah warned the people, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. I always kind of read this text in this translation, and I want to play that, that kid's game. You know that kid's game? Oh, Bobby is... So big. You play that game? Come on, you play that game. Don't you play that game? Sure, Johnny is how big? How big's Johnny? Oh, Johnny is so big. Right? Yeah. I always want to do that with Nineveh. Kind of get a hint, you know. Nineveh is so big. Yeah? I mean, this is just a big honking city. Nineveh. We're not talking about some little podunk where I grew up. I mean, this is a big honking place. And Jonah could have made all kinds of arguments saying, it's too big. Come on, you're kidding me. But nevertheless, he went and he obeyed. And God honored that. God honored that and gave Jonah every strength and the power to accomplish his purpose when he went to Nineveh. Now listen close, especially young people in the room. Listen to this next point. you got to get this one. What we learn from this text is that we can never underestimate the power of one person who's walking in sync with the purposes of God in their life. You cannot underestimate what one person can do under the purpose and the power that God has. Look at the text and look at what happened when Jonah walked that one day in and he was obedient to God and he started proclaiming the word of the Lord that God gave him. Look what happened. It says... They believed God's message and set a time when they would go without eating to show their sorrow. Then everyone in the city, who? Everyone in the city. We're talking about 200,000 people. And how many people did it take for God to reach them? One person who was walking in the purpose and the power of God. Is that awesome? We should know this. 
We should know this. Think about those guys I just talked about and all their, their failures, right? Moses, this one person that God put a call on his life and said, look, I want you to go down there and stand up against the most powerful nation in the world to stand face to face, nose to nose with Pharaoh. And Moses does it and he ends up freeing an entire nation from slavery and brings God's people out. David David stands nose to nose over it against a giant named Goliath. And before it's all done, he becomes king. And not just any king. He becomes the king that extends the boundaries of Israel to the greatest extent and brings peace to the land. And Paul... Paul is the one who, who carries the gospel to the Gentiles and he establishes this church and that church and another church and another church and another church. And before it's all done, he writes most of the New Testament. And Peter, this one person, this one person under the power of the Holy Spirit brought 3,000 people to faith in Jesus Christ in one day. And became a pillar of the church. What can God do in the power of one person walking faithfully according to his purpose? Do you feel your feet on the sand? Because the God of the second chance hasn't changed what he sees for your future. And the God of the second chance hasn't changed the purpose he has and the call he has in your life. And the God of the second chance is still willing to give you every strength and every power to accomplish that. You. Just you. And, and look at Jonah. Not only does he reach the 200,000 people, but the text says he also reaches the government. He starts influencing even the king and all of his officials. The text says, when the king of Nineveh heard about what was happening, he also dressed in sackcloth. He, he left the royal palace and he sat in the dust. Then he and his officials set out an order for everyone in the city to obey. It said, none of you or your animals may eat or drink a thing. Each of you must wear sackcloth. You must even put sackcloth on your animals. What happens? He reaches even the royal household and he transforms the governments of Nineveh. What can one person do under the purpose of walking obediently with God? Do you feel your feet on the sand? Jonah stood on the sand. And he got the second chance. And he obeyed God. And God was so incredibly faithful. Here's the challenge. The second chance, everything that happened in Jonah's life, it all started with that time of repentance. It all started with repentance. Remember, Jonah spent three days in the belly of the whale. Everything stripped away. It started with repentance. The, the, the people of Nineveh, when Jonah comes in and he walks one day in and, and he starts telling him 40 days, that's all he got, guys, 40 days and you're done. Right? How did they respond? Repentance. Repentance. That's, that's what the sackcloth and, and, and the ashes are all about. They're, it's about fasting and, and showing outward signs of, of repentance and saying, look, we are so sorry. Do you feel your feet on the sand today? Because on the sand, it starts with repentance. 
that even though you, you carry in all the wounds and the scars and the experiences this morning, God hasn't changed His attitude. And He is ready for each of us to just come clean. Just come clean. And be able to share with Him the simple truth that we know about ourselves, that we fail. We don't always live up to it. We fail. The text says, You must also pray to the Lord God with all your heart and stop being sinful and cruel. Maybe God will change His mind and have mercy on us so we won't be destroyed. See, we look into the text, we look into the Word, and the Word just calls us to that place to, to, to let go of the falsehoods, to, to, to let go with struggling to keep up the, 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 the mass and the impressions and, and just be honest. The, the Word cuts to our heart, it, it cuts to our bones and just invites us to let go of all of the, of the burdens and the shame and the guilt and, and everything that we try to struggle against and just surrender it. Look again at the text. It comes out of Hebrew, Hebrews 4. It describes the scriptures, kind of that, that mirror that helps us be able to just look at ourselves. It says, what God has said isn't only alive and active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. His word can cut through our spirits and souls and through our joints and marrow until it discovers the desires and thoughts of our hearts. Nothing is hidden from God. He sees through everything. And we will have to tell him what? You know the truth. You're Jonah. You know the truth. You can feel the sand, can't you? And the truth is that the God of the once again is inviting each one of us this morning to stand on that sand and just be honest. And as much as Jonah did, as much as Moses did, as much as David did, or, or Paul or Peter, to just surrender our life, simply give it all up, just, just give it up and not have to carry it anymore. The text tells us the promise that God has for us. We, we see it in Jonah's life. It's the promise that God makes to us when we, we just empty ourselves. It says in 1 John, But if we confess our sins to God, He can always be trusted to forgive us and take away our sins. If we say that we have not sinned, we make God a liar and His message isn't in our hearts. What can we trust God to do? He can take it away. I, we'll have the burden of the, the scars. I mean, we'll have the memories. We'll, we'll have the consequences that, that we went through in the belly of the whale. I mean, remember Jonah stood on the shore with those. But, but God is able to overcome that. God is able to overcome and remember, see what we can become and more concerned with our future than our past. God, God is able to overcome that and, and put us back onto our purpose. And, and God is able to overcome that and supply us with every power and strength that we need to, to move forward in spite of all of those wounds and those scars. God is able to overcome that and get us back on that purpose where our one life can make such an incredible difference for the kingdom of heaven. We just put our feet on the sand 
and we just come clean. And I know this is true. Not because of who I am, or not because of who you are, but because of who God is. This is what Jonah shows us. Jonah's, Jonah shows us who God is. That God is the God who gives a second chance to Nineveh. He's the God who gives a second chance to Jonah. If you look at the text again, it says right there, the last verse of the chapter says, When God saw that the people had stopped doing evil things, He had pity and He did not destroy them as He had planned. This is who God is. You see, we see the very nature of God here in this text. The nature of God is, is to want more for us. The nature of God is to, to want to forgive us and get us back on purpose. The, the nature of God is to love us so much that He would send one person to absolutely change humanity and the universe who would be one person who would surrender His whole being and His whole life on a cross for each one of us, one person who would give up absolutely everything, not only to be obedient to the Father, but to put your feet this morning on sand, to put you on the sand and whisper into your mind and whisper into your heart, Jonah, Jonah, it's a second chance. Do you feel the call? Do you sense the call that God has on your life? That call, that call is what Jesus Christ died to bring you. That new life. Feel the sand. Hear the call. Trust the God who gives you a second chance. Let's pray. Father, work with our inside this morning. We feel the sand on our feet. We can hear the water lapping on the shore. And we know that in this moment, it is that opportunity for a second chance. Lord, we just pray that each one in this room would be able to be moved by the strength of your spirit to let go. Just, just to let go be clean by confessing. To let all the burdens, the guilts, the failures, everything that we've been carrying just flow out of us this morning. And let it be pounded onto a cross. Father, as you put the call on Jonah's life once again, so touch us this morning that we can be renewed in our purpose, in your strength, and in your power, so that just as one, we can do incredible things for your glory. Father, we come to you this morning, we just confess. We're not everything you want us to be. Our marriages aren't everything that they can become. Our parenting, our, our, our being a, a young person growing up, there's so many places in our life where we have just failed. Because of who you are, we ask you, forgive us.
and put us on the shore. Once again, let us walk and bask in the glory and the promise of new life in Jesus Christ. And let us respond and be obedient this morning and go to Nineveh, wherever it is you send us, that we would go in strength and power because of who you are and because we know that in Jesus Christ, your love for us is so overwhelming. Father, we surrender this morning on the shore because we love you and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.